Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Wow, Matt, fellow adventurer. This time, I'm not playing any of the characters. Instead, I'm looking at the Tomb of Law. This is the Tomb of Law. On the tattered, fading pages of this grand book, you'll find a wealth of information about the vast array of topics concerning the world of Swift. So in Swift, you, can, you don't have to unlock any of the law entries. They're all there. Right from the start. So we'll begin with Aldermaze. Aldermaze is a thin, viny plant, not uncommon throughout the forests of northern Swift. Each of its tendril-like vines bears hundreds of small, sharp thorns. The thorns contain a powerful venom that can have a paralyzing effect on humans who come into contact with them best to avoid this plant, if at all possible. Adventure Collective The once proud Adventure Collective is now little more than a dim memory to most, serving as a reminder of days long past. An age where brave adventurers banded together to brave the perils of the world. Through still around, the collective now exists as a faint shadow of its former self, a very secretive society, composed of a very select and dwindling membership. For the true adventurer, membership in the collective still offers most of what it once did. The collective still maintains a small number of guild halls in various places, though nowadays their locations are well-guarded secrets. Adventurers, Collective Guildmaster. The Guildmaster of the Adventure Collective is as powerful as he is enigmatic. His age and origin are unknown. These days he resides in the Adventurers, the Adventurers Guild Hall. Adventurer Tokens. 
Adventurer tokens are a special form of currency your characters can earn through special events in the game. These tokens can be spent in Tally's trading post, where you can select from a vast array of enchanted weapons and magical armour, not available anywhere else in the game. Adventurer tokens are also used to make certain purchases in the game. Examples of these special purchases include grand residences for your character and the amazing quickstone. During your adventures, you are likely to discover other uses, apart from Tally's trading post, for the valuable currency. The Proving Ground series of adventures are a great way to earn adventure tokens for your characters. There are also special in-game events and scenarios that will allow characters to earn this much sought-after currency. Now I'm not going to click on any of the links here because I'll get to it eventually. Adventurers Guild Hall. Once proud fixtures that can be found throughout Swift, the numerous guild halls once maintained by the Adventurers Adventurer Collective have all but disappeared over the last generation. The halls that remain have become secretive and often lonely places where the few true adventures of the current age can still gather. Membership in the Adventurer Collective is a pre-request for joining an Adventurer's Guild Hall, but it does not provide a guarantee of membership. Each hall maintains its own roster of members and governs itself as an entity separate from the Collective. Age of Alderwan Alderaan is the name given to the first of Swift's three great ages. This age represented the height of the Aldevarian people. The age of Alderaan began where Seer led the Aldevari over the Sundran Sea and into Swift to escape the destruction of Felidor. During this age... The Aldevari first harnessed and wielded magic, laying the foundation for all that would follow. Age of Ichthion. The Age of Ichthion is the second of Swift's three great ages, Alduon, Ichthion, Therion. This shadowy chapter in the Tyrone of the World is marked by the attempts of the demon lord Ichthion and his minions to invade and conquer Swift through tears in the fabric of time and space that separate the world of Swift from the shadowy neverworld of the Nevenus and with the help of malevolent entities within Swift itself Ichthion's invasion slowly took form. By the way of Shadow Pass, the Demon Lord's minions began appearing on Swift in greater and greater numbers. In some instances, the Shadow Pass used by Ichthion's forces were remnants left over from the previous age. But all too often, they were the construct of treacherous elements native to the world the demons sought to conquer. See the introduction to the Age of Ichthion. That's a link. And I'm going to click it because it doesn't link to the law book. 
the age of Ichthyon. The timeline of the world of Swift spans, spans three great ages, Algeron, Ichthyon, Therion. And as you might have guessed, Swift, the age of Ichthyon, is concerned with the middle of those three ages. This is a time of gathering shadows and encroaching darkness for the people of Swift. The demon Ichthyon has completed the first phase of his long-desired conquest, by having breached the fabric that separates the world of Swift from the shadowy dimension known as the Neverness. By the way of shadow paths, portals that allow passage between the world of Swift and the realm of the Neverness, Ichthyon's minions have already begun their invasion, guided by the hand of their wicked master, and often aided by insidious agents of the demon native to Swift. Unless the tide of evil is turned, Swift will suffer the same dark fate of so many worlds beneath the ravaging claws of the demon. The Age of Ichthyon promises high adventure to those willing to join the fight against the growing menace of the demon and its minions. The meek need not apply, for this is an age of adventure. Age of the adventurer upon whose shoulders rests no less than the fate of the world. If you haven't yet signed up to play, sign up today. It's free. Start your adventures today. Read a special introduction to the Age of Ichthyon. An age long prophesied has come to pass. In the hour preceding a chill dawn, the city of Ashbeer stirns. A solitary figure, statuesque and markedly sullen, stares out of the narrow window in the topmost chamber of the Tower of Arduin. Kalilir Suf, the grey mage, keeper of Arduin, had seldom no fear. But she was no stranger to doubt. Fear was folly. Folly, this she steadfastly believed. But the realisation provided little comfort. She had seen fear shake, foundations resolve and crush burgeoning hope. She had seen it cruelly haunt otherwise impregnable minds with the spectre of dark tidings never to be heralded. She had watched it paralyse and mock those in its fall. She knew firsthand that it begat hatred and spawned mistrust. She cursed fear as an unapologetic slayer of dreams. Kalesu slivered, shivered, withdraw from the window, shivered again. My lady, they've returned from Alwyn. A deep voice stirred her. The master spellcaster turned to behold the stoic face of her most trusted man-at-arms. Yiswin's heavy, heavy, heavy frame nearly filled the entirety of the doorway leading into... Wait, Yiswin? He's the guy that sent me into the mad. Yeah. Do you feel it, Yesin? Steel grey eyes peered out from behind the cloth mask that concealed her face. The man in the doorway squared his shoulders and shook his head. Feel it, my lady? he asked, his voice betraying a desperate, unshakable weariness. The night air, she continues, nearly speaking over his reply. The very wind that now sweeps in upon us from the gardens below. 
and from across the back of the hills to the west, the mountains north. It's unusually cold for this time of year, don't you think? A lengthy and somewhat awkward silence follows, broken only when she again spoke. Fear is a grand growing, she said. I've long sensed it, but was content to live my own suspicions. Its grasp is potent, and its domain vast. But from where does it come? Its form matters not. Vague doubt or faceless terror. A plague descends upon us from under a shroud of darkness. None, none will be spared. But this whole thing utterly mad. Yerson shook his head and smirked. She met his gaze and frowned painfully. Do you think it mad? And perhaps think me mad as well, she said, smirking, mimicking his smirk. I, do, I know you too well, you know. It really is a wonder we get on at all, you and I. Colonel Souf adjusted her flowing grey robes, stood across the chamber and sat in a high-backed wooden chair, perched atop an ornate-tiered dais. Her gaze drifted across the floor of the small chamber, before again coming to rest upon a man who had twice saved her life. You're no doubt e eager to tell me what they found in Aldrin. What did they find? She might have easily have guessed the answer to her question. But she posed it anyway. Shadow paths, milady, replied Yersin, folding his arms and shaking his head. There were four open portals. I regret to report only Podurus and Neepsion have returned. The others fell in battle two nights ago. Are the shadow paths closed? She queried, her, her gaze wandering to the far corners of the womb. All have been closed, he replies, yet there is no telling what may have emerged from those gates before they were discovered. I have dispatched the seven to Arwen. They'll tend to what, what's left to be done, and will no doubt have their own observations to report. Who are the seven? Hm. I don't think I've ever heard them mentioned. Colourless Souf did not immediately respond. Her mind raced, her pulse quickened. She struggled against the rising tide of fear swelling up from within the core of her being. An age long prophesied has landed on the doorstep of the world. His insidious whisper and the outskirts of the innocuous amulet of her Arwen. She closed her eyes to pray. We've been idle, I most of all. And that has proved dangerous, she said, closing her eyes and settling her gaze on her long-suffering confidant. The signs were all around me, yet I refused. Yet I refused to recognise them. It may not. It may. May it not prove our undoing. There is much to which must be attended, but there is yet time. Convene the council and make preparations for the journey to Arwen. I want Pridris and Neepson along. In bows, and, pro and promptly, and promptly exited the chamber. There is still time, she muttered, rising from her home throne. There is always time. It's never yet been too late. She returns to the window, and with her cold hands grips the cracked stone still. She stared thoughtfully out into the darkness. 
darkness now rapidly receding. The coming of a fragrant late summer dawn, the grey maze closed her eyes and carefully considered the bleak but poignant message she would deliver to the council. Then she smiled. For wafting in through the open window, having escaped the kitchens far below, was the enchanting, irresistible aroma of strong, freshly brewed paleo. If she waited, one of her servants would soon bear a sting, steaming vessel of stewed drink to her door. Instead, she turned from the window, straightened her attire, and strode purposely out of the chamber, bent on taking into her most capable hand the first matter of import. Weed more. And that brings us back to the previous page. Alright, now back to the law book. Alright, Age of Storms. The Age of Storms preceded the Age of Alderaan and lasted for over 10,000 years. Swift's two main races of man, Anavari and Vorenthian, arrived in northern Swift towards the middle of this age. The dark and brutal age, this dark and brutal age in Swift's history was characterised by violent storms of magical energy that waged over the whole world for years at a stretch. Many raw masters believe the storms were caused by open rifts between the world of Swift and the realm of the Nevenus. Ardavari. The Ardavari and the Vorinthian were the first and only two races of men to ever appear in Swift. Both these ancient races were seafaring folk who sailed out of the north and arrived in northern Swift in the middle of the epoch that historians now refer to as the Age of Storms. Okay, but if they were in the middle, what was happening in the beginning before men arrived? Was it Tolaf and his bat people? Was there giants? Goblins? Other civilizations I can't think of right now? Ancient lore tells of a great cataclysm that took place far to the north over the Sundran Sea in lands uncharted. In the wake of this profound disaster, both the Vorenthian and the Ardavari were forced to flee south, braving the vastness of the ocean, until at last, led by Seer, they arrived on the shores of northern Swift. The Ardavari, whom fierce when threatened, were a people who generally preferred peace and sought prosperity. In the, mi- in the midst of the Ardavari were the sorcerers, who had a mastery of ancient magic, who, who quickly learned to harness and control the, nor- the warm magical energy abundant in the new world. The Vorinthium could not harness this magical energy and were forever resentful of the art of Ari for the advantages its power gave them. The realm of the art of Ari spread far and wide into the world of Swift. It has since divided into many realms. So these are the precursors. And like all the best precursors, they have far better tech than we do. 
and are and happened a ridiculously long time ago. Ardvarian Ocean. This great body of water is not not only for its rough seas, but also for the bands of waders that waders that roam its wave in search of merchant vessels to plunder. The majority of waders are hag a Hagrigolian, although increasing patrol patrolling but of the trade routes by the Flanadese navy has lessened the threat in recent years. Ardevarian Wishbox. These strange and very ancient artifacts are amongst the rarest to be found in Swift. Wishboxes are ornate, enchanted iron chests, crafted during the Age of Aldron, that contain the treasures and wisdom of the ancient Ardevarians. Very few intact wishboxes have ever been found. Most of these magical chests were destroyed centuries ago. Their fragments scattered throughout the realms. However, it has long been surmised that of all the pieces of a wish box were collected and placed together, the container will reconstruct itself, allowing its possessor to open it and obtain the valuables and wisdom it contains. Aldrock the Fearless the legendary Aldevarian hero Aldrock has long been credited with leading a small band of warriors to victory against a vile horde of giants during the Age of Aldron. In the final battle against the giants, Aldrock is said to have cast aside his sword and faced the savage chieftain of the Benemoths unarmed. After battering his towering foe into submission with his fist, it is written that Alderok allowed the giant leader to depart with what remained of his force, first making the humble Benemoth swear to never again trespass in the realm of man. The Ulspun Mountains This vast mountain range spans near the entire eastern flank of the Kingdom of Tulsa and serves as a natural border between Tysa and Wilesel. Several passes, high amidst the towering peak of this imposing range, offer passage between the two kingdoms, through the daunting prospect of attempting to transverse the perilous gaps, as seen to it the paths are infrequently travelled. Legends tell of a series of deep tunnels that pass beneath the mountains, connecting Tysa and Wilesel. The tunnels are said to have been constructed during the Age of Storms by a race of giants who have long since vanished. One of the tallest peaks in all of Alspens is Mount Carrigan. Okay, so so the even older people, apparently giants, which makes sense. That's usually what you have in Mythology mythology you have giants or titans or something like that before you get dudes and dudettes all right this black winged gate greater demon is a service of dalareth 
this demon's eternal mission is to seek out new souls deemed worthy of his master and steal them into the service of Jowloth. Aloth Tool is thought to be one of the three greater demons that directly served Jowloth. Uh, I assume she probably knows Gorlin. Uh, the, the, the one I thought after I reconstructed the Tazoloth. The Batstaff. Alright. Alaval. Nearly a thousand years ago. The small island Rome of Aravel suffered a sudden and charismatic event of unknown origin that tore it asunder, causing it to crumble into the sea. No one present on the island survived its destruction. Aravel, which had been located just over 200 miles off the northwest coast of Philidon, was an ancient island state governed by a council of mages. Those white stone towers could be spotted for miles out to sea. Every few years, the wizards who ruled Alvar would host a grand joust known as the Tutanok on the Lists of Silverstep, atop the island's formidable southern cliffs. The greatest jousters and warriors from all across the North Broadlands and beyond would bake make the arduous and often perilous journey to Alvar to take part in the tournament, seeking to win the favour of his mage lords and capture one of the spectacular prizes presented to the contest's top fin- finishers. It was during the 51st Tutalog that an epic disaster struck Alvar, tearing the island apart and hurling its fragments into the waging waters of the Sundren. The exact nature of the calamity that befell Alvar is not known. Some have argued that a catastrophic mishap involving magic was responsible for the island's destruction, while others believe the violent waft of some natural phenomenon is a more plausible explanation. No trace of Alvar remains. Arbrinok Few figures throughout the long and storied history of magic of Swift have been as divisive as the Tyshin sorcerer known as Abrinok, celebrated in tale and song by those who adhere, adhere to his insistence that the natural world is as much a wellspring of magical energy as is the Neverness. He is equally reviled and remembered in cruel parody by those who refute his bold claims and questioned the validity of his life's work. Cordon's just several histories, his detractors called them legend. Alperox succeeded in wielding powerful magic without the need for collecting and expending neverall energy. Wow, that would be really useful. These same histories indicate that he primarily used energy he was able to harness from all manner of flora particularly moss and water. In his early years, Albemarle led the life of an adventurer, exploring far and wild across the wilds of North Broadlands. For always in, way, in, way, in search of ways to prove or strengthen his theories on magic, the last of the histories to include mention of Albemarle 
tell of him setting off on a journey. His destination unknown. He was never seen again. It is believed by those who subscribed to the veracity of that account that the sorcerer, then quite elderly, had gone off to die in an undisclosed location. The legends regarding Abwinok's tomb, something that has yet to be discovered, is nearly as popular as those of the great mage himself. Abwinok was a master in the magical spheres of elementalism, divination, restoration and illusion. Alright, Arcane Spy. Arcane spies are thieves who specialise in stealing all manner of arcanum, physical and otherwise, from mages. In most cases, an arcane spy will be acting on behalf of another mage. Though there are some who operate independently and sell their ill-gotten plungerings to anyone willing to meet their price. The profession of arcane spy is ancient highly despised within the magic community still, despite their outward aversion to the profession. Many mages still employ the services of a skilled arcane spy from time to time, though none would ever admit to it. On top of being expert thieves, arcane spies are also experts in the realm of Arcania. Arcawald Arkerwold is a small but vibrant settlement situated several miles to the miles west of the town of Dragonwath on the northeast shoulder of Barrowlock. Arkerwold is whole to a band of mercenaries, many of them adventurers both former and current, under the employ of Magiwar Hawthorne, a warrior those monster slaying feats have earned in the fearsome and well deserved reputation. The town serves as a staging area for the silver shipments leaving Dragonwath. Here, the wagon caravans acquire a small guard of mercenaries, Magua Hawthorne's men, who protect both the valuable quarry and those who transport it. Alright, out to swallow the silent. Oh, yeah, we got his orb. A great deep. A greater D. Oh, no. No, is this a different one? No, I'm mixing up. There's another. There's another silent person. This is a demon, not, not a dude. A greater demon of unimaginable power. Out of soul walls over a vast, never realm known as the Black Reach. Towering over his undead servant, the fearsome demon lord stands just over 20 feet tall, with thick, bat-like wings that serve to carry his foul bulk high into the poisonous skies of his accursed kingdom. Three large curved horns, each harder than stone, protrude from the top of his winged head. Adwasol wields a flame-weaved mace, which is said to have wrapped wagesne consume any magic employed against his fearsome master. As legends tell it, in a battle that lasted nearly three days, a band of adventurers from Swift fought the Demon Lord and managed to remove one of its four horns. All but one of the adventurers was 
sequentially slain by Soul and his minions, but the lone survivor of the battle returned to Swift with the demon horn in his possession. Soul's horn was crafted into a magnificent sword, a weapon that legends say is capable of dealing the demon lord a fatal blow. Soon after its creation, the sword made out of Adrasol horn was lost. Five hundred years later, beneath the wounds of an ancient Advari temple, the sword was found in a trap-laden vault. Adrasol, Tallies, who now owns the horn, has always denied that he was the one who found it. <laughs> Probably did, though, because he, he found everything, and he's been everywhere. Alright, Anawak. The otherworldly entity, known as Arkniwak, who is said to be able to assume and maintain human form, and was known to have visited the world of Swift numerous times across the ages for a variety of mysterious purposes, is thought to have a keen interest and perhaps meddling hand in the affairs of man. For all the legends that concern Anuak, none are more prominent than that of his key, Arkinoak's key, the key, which among the living only Tallies is claimed to have ever to have seen. Of course he has. Is believed to unlock something of great power, something long ago hidden by Arkinoak himself. As the legends have it, anyone in possession of Arkinoak's key will know where to find what it is. The key unlocks. The key is therefore an object whose value is beyond any known mean of estimation. Tallies has long denied having discovered the key and continues to laugh off all suggestions along such lines. It should be noted that while many have chosen to classify Akniwak as a demon, there are just as many who refute this classification, citing citing the fact that his interventions on Swift, while at times troublesome, seem devoid of any real malice. Okay, here's a big one. Arkandar, the fabled north. Ah, Arkandar, the fabled north. Behold, adventurer, the perilous wonder that is Arkandar. Arkandar is the name given to the vast, frozen reaches of far northern Swift, a region more commonly referred to as the fabled North. Wonder is this is this the place where people where they fled from in the Age of Storms? Or is that even further north? Arkandar, a word of ancient Dalivarian origin. Roughly it translates to realm of ice and death. The scar of Arkandar, a claw-shaped symbol enclosed in a triangle, is found all across the fabled north, etched or emblazed onto various subject surfaces or objects. Its meaning remains unknown. Legends tell of Mordragon, a vast kingdom lost beneath the ice long ago. A kingdom said to have been more grand than any that currently exists in the known world. Countless adventurers have, bra have braved the fabled north throughout the lands. 
But apart from a few scattered clues and a handful of odd, odd relics, little evidence exists to support the tenets of the kingdom's existence. Wymhaft, an ancient wall city on the southern coast of Arkandor, serves as the region's lone seaport and only true bastion of civilization. Arkandor is not governed in any traditional sense, and indeed knows no central source of authority. Although through a confederation of loosely aligned merchants, known as the Wine Council, oversees law, order, and commerce in and around Wymhaft. Oh, Wyme is such a cool word when it's spelled R-I-M-E. <laughs> the small, permanent populace of Arkander is largely made of an equal mix of Tysians, Felidonese, and Wysorians, who have chosen to dwell and seek out an existence in an inhospitable fabled north for a wide variety of regions, reasons. Arkendor's two chief exported commodities are duocref oil and small quantities of ravenbone that are mined from several mines still in operation around Wymhaft. In particular, the commerce involved with trading and shipping jerkin oil makes for a constant day and night bustle in Wymhaft's wide, fathomless harbour. Beyond the gates of Wymhaft, Arkandor is a bleak, desolate, forbidding realm, populated by strange and dangerous creatures, seemingly immune to the region's deadly cold and countless natural perils. A few scattered permanent settlements are known to exist beyond the bounds of Wymhaft, as either outposts for Durkin hunters or in support of, a, of an operational wave bone mine. Adventurers who have explored far and wide across the fabled north and lived to tell have reported many curious things, including encounters with strange and deadly beasts, the existence of a race of three-eyed humans seemingly unaffected by the frigid clime, and crumbling, ice-covered ruins. Hmm, curious... Was it always so cold? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. Probably wasn't anywhere near as cold when it had this mighty civilization. Because you tend not to have massive, dense populations under ice. Passage to and from Arkandor by ship is frequently a perilous endeavour. As vessels must first brave the wild, storm-wavered, storm-ravaged waters of the Sundran Sea, a daunting prospect for even the most experienced mariners. Most ships making the journey do as part of small fleets known as packs in an effort to dissuade attacks from brigands. Those feared pirate hulks roam the waters around the lawless island state of Cast. Some ships, however, those captains and crews have tied, commercial or otherwise, to cast or stop over on the trek to and from Arkandor to illegally trade goods, restock supplies, or, or to make repairs. 
should be noted that ships sailing from ports anywhere in the North Broadlands are forbidden by various decrees from travelling to Kaist or, or participating in trade with the outlaw island nation. However, no such law forbids ships leaving wine hat from harbouring it cast. <laughs> loophole, loophole. The arm of Meltar. This this southern spur of the Fedorian range is home to three of Swift's tallest peaks. Mount Meltor, Mount Mount Meath, and Mount Muriel. These towering these towering treacherous peaks have foiled many who have attempted to cross them, and have invoked a popular saying among the people of North Broadlands, that's the arm of Meltor, which signifies something that is difficult or impossible. Armoured Scavenger, and we've fought a lot of these. These long, grey-shelled, omnivorous beetles have a lengthy curved horn that protrudes from the front their broad flattened heads. Their shells are extremely hard. Ash Turnburn. Ah, we saw him back on Sarnguard. Ash Turnburn is a captain in one of King Renwald's prize cavalry reg regiments, currently stationed on Sarnguard Island. He is an expert jouster, and by most accounts, the greatest to be found anywhere in the North Worldlands. There are tales from all across the realms of other jousters refusing to engage the decorated champion based solely on his illustrious reputation. Ashlar. Uh, been there a few times? The small town of Ashlar sits on the eastern edge of Fogborough Forest. Despite its immediate proximity to the cursed wood, the citizenry of Ashlar are hardy souls who prosper on the western flank of Moonlire Lake. A sturdy blockade of pointed ash logs surrounds the settlement, protecting its inhabitants from the perils inherent in, exist in existence lived in the remote wilds. Hmm. Oh, that's just about the only smaller settlement with defences. I mean, there isn't really any defences to Hawklaw. Which is all after all the stuff that's went down in it. Although maybe they're working on building some now. Alright, Ashbeer. Ashbeer is one of the oldest cities in the central broadlands. An ancient highway known as the Way of Quend leads from Ashbeer to Zard. It is the main passage between the North Broadlands and Central Broadlands for most travellers. Ashpeer is a city state, and as much and as such is self-governing. Its governmental body is, imaginatively enough, the Council of Ashpeer. The council is a thirty-member body that oversees all aspects of the city. The council is is responsible for everything from agriculture production and trade to the military. The city of Aspir is home to the Grey Circle, a powerful organisation of mages that has spread far and wide across northern Swift. 
In the centre of the city sits the Tower of Archman, where the mysterious personage known only as the Grey Mage has resided over, over the Swift's most famous brotherhood of spellcasters since before even the oldest can remember. Despite being officially governed by the Council of Raspir, there are many who believe it is the Grey Mage who actually wields the most political power in the city. Okay, Authority under the Crown. This is a political designation that may only be granted by the King of Tysa. The person to whom it is granted is given the right to exercise judicial militaristic and limited sovereignty over the domain described prescribed to them by the Tyson King. There are however provisions by which the authority is metered. The thane to whom this authority is granted must uphold the laws of the kingdom and maintain steadfast allegiance to the crown. Any abuse of this granted authority is grounds for immediate revocation and is considered treason, a crime punishable by death. Tysus' thanes have all been granted authority under the crown. Now we're, we're finally on to the bees. Bailwood. Bailwood is the surname of an ancient line of powerful spellcasters who long served as the stewards of the cursed forest of Fogbois. The Bailwood stewards long ago constructed a fortress within Fogbois, known as Castle Bailwood, from which they waged an incessant battle against the forest's creeping curse, a curse they believed would one day threaten the world beyond the borders of the woods. And they're worried about that. Nearly 200 years ago, the stewardship suddenly collapsed and Castle Bailwog was abandoned. The last known steward of Fogbar, Ombudol Bailwood, is said to have fled from the castle following his father's death. The hands of an ancient and powerful forest evil. Which we have slain. <laughs> Alright. Band of Warding. Bands of warding or enchanted bracelets slash manacles, typically made of metal, should prevent anyone who's wearing one from making use of magic, both their own magic and any magic from any items in their possession. These, ba these magical bands will automatically resize themselves to fit onto the wrist of any person. Once in place on someone's wrist, a band of warding cannot be removed by its wearer. Only another person may attempt to remove the band. Alright, Bark Back Beetle. We fought quite a load of these. These thick shells of these large carnivorous beetles resemble rough tree bark. Bark Back Beetles are a particularly rugged variety of beetle and are just slightly larger than a wolf. Bambudar the Undaunted. Bowenball is one of the most illustrious adventurers and warriors of the current age. Perhaps second only to Thrymbach and maybe one other adventurer whose name we need not mention. 
that it's, it's, it's us, the play character. Though long considered to be an outlaw enticer, due to his, his known association with several powerful and unscrupulous characters, Barrenbore has since mended his ways and recently paid his debts to the kingdom by the way of a lengthy stint in the dungeons of Zir. Since regaining his reason, freedom, the imposing black-bearded warrior has been involved in several grand adventures and has begun to restore his name and image, both of which were tarnished due to his previous associations. Battle markers. Battle markers are a rare, valuable, and mysterious form of currency awarded at random to adventurers, usually in recognition of a brave or valorous feat. These small squares of wafer bone are emblazoned with the solid, the solid silver silhouette of the dragon in fight. Beneath the silver dragon is a pair of cross swords, emblazoned in gold. How, why, and when battle markers are awarded is something that continues to puzzle even the most learned of sages. Should you acquire one or more of these valuable tokens, make sure you keep them safe. The Beast of Ebrek Those who, d- who dwell in the re- region of Lake Ebrek believe in the existence of the beast. Many of the tales and legends surrounding the famous serpent have largely been dismissed by outsiders. According to legend, a massive silver and black scaled serpent with a dragon-like head and four red horns is said to lurk within the dark, frigid depths of the vast lake. Over the centuries since the first recorded sighting, Many living in the vicinity of the lake have reported seeing and encountering the serpent. While many believe the beast to be a unique cre- creature, there are, me- there are many who feel he may likely be a large trosk, perhaps more than one, that prowls the waters of Lake Ebrek. By nearly all accounts, the beast of Ebrek is a vicious creature that will attack and attempt to devour any living thing it encounters. Beldorath of Nightgrove Among the most powerful, esteemed, and some would say infamous of his magic-wielding brethren, Beldorath of Nightgrove is perhaps the most accomplished living mage in all of Tysa. Residing in the remote and heavily protected Nightgrove Tower, the elderly Beldorath principally spends his days chronicling the history of magic on Swift including his own considerable achievements in the magical, mystical arts. Time and again, Beldorath has found himself victim of theft by arcane spies, who are often seen in the employ of other sorceresses, seeking to acquire some of the vast arcane knowledge locked away within Nightgrove Tower. Bellman Bellman sometimes called choirs or town choirs, are employed throughout larger towns and cities throughout the realms to relate news of importance to the populace. These public messages often make announcements 
on behalf of the public officials who retain their services. Bellmen usually carry a large bell capable of getting the attention of a sizable crowd. Hear ye, hear me, on to the next, next entry. Bell Song Slough. Few flat places across the North Broadlands are more steeped in superstition and synonymous in peril than the vast swamp known as Belsong Slough. Located beyond the southern reaches of Simbrin Forest, the Slough has long been a place avoided by even the most seasoned adventurers. The swamp derives its name from the ghostly sound of, of, of an ancient bell that can, from time to time, be heard toiling somewhere in the tangled depths of the Great Bog. Several legends tell of an ancient city that long ago sank into the deadly morass. These same legends speak of the restless dead, former inhabitants of the sunken city, who yet prowl the swamp. Despite the many stories associated with Bellswong Slough, the swamp is perhaps most famous as the location of the Caves of Marabog, a place to which Zoop will eventually go. But he's got to go a whole load of other places first. Black Fang Spider These large spiders were given their name to the long jet black fangs that hang down on either side of their over sized mandibles. The venom that black fang spanders inject when they bite their prey is potent enough to incapacitate creatures as large as ogres. Black Wit The Black Wit is a band of self-proclaimed agents of law and order who have long waged a battle against some of the more sinister groups upper waiting throughout the North Broadlands. That's a group I could have joined, but I decided to join the more obvious evil band, just because. But then I didn't, because it didn't happen at all. It never happened, didn't happen, never happened. His na- the name is said to come from a secret writ that serves as the organisation's charter, a document that codifies the group's tenants. While many are quick to applaud the Black Wit, citing their valiant, unflinching stand against organisations like the Night Whisperers and the Dyer, there was a growing concern regarding the group's tactic, which often resemble the brutal measures taken by the very entities to which they are opposed. After a series of bloody battles in Galdorun's End in Trithic, against a purported nest of Night Whisperers, the Black Wit found itself under the unwelcome scrutiny of Thane Porrent. The Thane declared the Black Wit to be outlaws and swiftly and decisively moved against the secretive group. For several weeks, members of the Black Wit were hunted down and hauled into the dungeons beneath Twinned Keep. The group's suspected leader, a rugged swordsman by the name of Yuthmel, was captured as he attempted to rescue several of his imprisoned cohorts. Yuthero was taken was taken to Talonus and tried for his alleged crimes. 
but when he had managed to escape his bonds and make an attempt on Fane Porin's life, he was retaken and summarily hanged. It's believed that the death of Euphemal heralded the end of the Black Wit. Little has been heard of the group since. Or, well, little, but not nothing. <laughs> Alright, Blackbone Avenger. These ebony bones skeleton knights are combatants of extraordinary skill. Blackbone skeleton. These ebony bone skeletons are more powerful than your average garden variety skeleton. They move extremely rapidly and are known to employ swarming tactics when attacking an enemy. Alright, Blackgate Mine. The Blackgate Mine is an ancient and highly profitable silver mine, located on the outskirts of the town of Dragonwath. The mine is, op is open, owned and operated by the Thrombreck family. In recent years, the mine has been plagued with trouble ranging from deadly collapses to deadly infestations of horrible creatures. Despite these troubles, the silver still flows out of the Blackgate Mine as reliably as ever, making Dravencraft among the most prosperous settlements in the entire kingdom. Recently, miners working the darkest depths of the Great Mine reported seeing strange lights in several of the lowest tunnels. Ooh. Blackguard. The Blackguard was, in years past, a well-eclipsed unit of wilderness fighters, supported and maintained by the Night Whisperers. The Blackguard was tasked with assignments that involved combat and confrontation on both large and small scales. In many instances, it was the only, the only public face of the shadowy Night Whisperers Brotherhood. This infamous band, band of warrior woodsmen, was led by a man named Jurig Olof. Now better known by the moniker attributed to him late, later on, the Troll Hunter. Uh, wait, wait, Blackhorn Beetle. These large black shelled beetles are aggressive carnivores. Luckily. They aren't normally found in large numbers. Its massive barbed horn is a particularly effective weapon. Okay, black um, black striped bear. These large brown bears have a wide black stripe that runs from the tip of their nose to their tail. They are extremely powerful and often aggressive, and after meeting with Zoop, often dead. <laughs> Yes, Black Tor. Black Tor is an ancient ruined temple located east of the village of High Meadow in the Hart Hills of southwest Tysa. Like many of the ancient temple ruins that lie spread across the breadth of the North Warlands, little is known about its history, including who built the structure and what its ultimate and what ultimate purpose it served. Black Tor is said to contain a monument depicting a headless woman 
This particular imagery can, can also be found in several other ancient temples within the kingdom of Tysa. <laughs> See, it's quite there in the law book. Yeah, who knows? Also, don't look at that monument. Don't look at it. <laughs> that blaze snake. Blaze snakes primarily dwell dwell in damp subterranean areas where they feed uh, feed on insects and small rodents. Though not poisonous, these reptiles can grow to be over 15 feet in length and are extremely aggressive. The snake's powerful jaws and long fangs can make it a formidable opponent. Its name, Blaze Snake, comes from the bright red markings along its back, which resemble flames. Alright, Blightroot. That was my last one, I think. Blightroot is the common name for a combat-enhancing substance created from the blighted root of a paleo tree. The blighted root is ground and mixed with a strong spirit and the, and the mixture then hardens over time into a chewy, pungent substance that has powerful combat-enhancing properties. Blight root is not outlawed, but its use is frowned upon in nearly every corner of the North Broadlands. Blight root, blight root has been known to cause horrid side effects, sometimes only surfacing long after it has been ingested. Uh. Alright. Well, that's, that's enough of this for now. We've just passed an hour. So next time, we'll just continue going down the list. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.